y'all live once again. It is Thursday, Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM, Brooklyn, New York. Great weather. It's the summer right now. I got Miss Naomi Gray in the building. Now, it's been a week. It's been a yeah. week since I've seen you. A week. Mm-hmm. Lots been going on. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I can't say a lot's been going on in terms of on the field or on the court, actually, because baseball's been, you know, all-star game, break. You have... Um, just a lot of like you know people retiring and the SBs making people cry you know things like that going on. Lamar Odom you know being a little out there, yeah. which you'll discuss a little bit later. But uh, a very weird time right now in sports because it's it's not like there's nothing going on, but you know for all the people that are not baseball fans, this is kind of like the dead time you know. Yeah. This is this WNBA going on. I get that. But I think they're about to head into their break, what, another week or so? Yeah, just, well, no, a couple weeks. A couple of weeks? of August. Yeah, because you got um, the Olympics starting. Everybody's gearing up for that, for those that are still going to go, because of Zika. Uh, there's just that type of, it's that type of period where it's like, okay, the NBA has a summer league going on. I don't know if you watched that. Only the hardcore NBA fans are watching that. Yeah, Let's exactly. be honest. So people like myself have been watching it. You know, if you've seen Ben Simmons, who looks really good, the guy is the real deal. I mean, I'm not giving him LeBron comparisons, but he is very LeBron-ish in terms of the way he handles the team. Uh, you see some of the things with that. Uh, D'Angelo Russell making big shots. He looks like he's a lot more confident. But it's summer league. You know, you're playing against guys that are not going to make the team. So you can't really put in perspective of how excited you should get. So you got that going on. You had UFC going on as well. Uh, this past weekend, UFC 200, all the drama between who's going to replace um, John Bones Jones because he got you know into trouble obviously with doping. They got Anderson Silva last minute, filled in, filled in just to lose, but he did. It was they had a show. Uh, Brock Lesnar dominated the entire event. It, it made the WWE look really good for allowing him to fight in UFC. Now more people are going to pay attention to WWE because of it. It's like great promotion. So he's probably going to he's going to fight at SummerSlam for all the wrestling fans out there, which is next month here in Brooklyn against Randy Orton making his comeback. So that's the big attraction going with that. Uh, but the ESPYs were last night, and the WWE tie-in is big because you had John Cena as the host. You had all these former yeah all these wrestlers were there. There was a lot there. And Naomi, I don't think you say you're not a WWE fan, right? You're not a wrestling fan. Not a fan. I watched it. I watched it when I was younger, but I'm definitely not a fan. <laughs> okay. But there was like so many of them there at the ESPYS. It, it, WWE has really made that crossover now to becoming even more mainstream. You had John Cena hosting. You had Ric Flair there. Uh, the Miz, The Big Show, The Big Show, and Shaq have this little thing going where they want to fight as at WrestleMania next year. So they have these little back and forths, which is hilarious because these guys are really good friends, but they keep talking about how they want to fight. And if anybody remembers this past WrestleMania, Shaq made an appearance and was going at the big show. So oh, I would love to see that fight. This may actually have they are both the same size, which is scary. Cause he's about they're both about seven foot, four hundred pounds plus. It would actually be a fun match to watch. Yeah. So I, I can see them making that happen because that's what WWE does. But anyway, th- the ESPYs were last night. 
you knew going in you're gonna get a sad story you're gonna get that story of you know somebody overcoming adversity or tragedies and they just honoring people you know you're gonna get that when you see the SPs. this was even sadder in my opinion it, it took it to another level of you know to the point that I kept tweeting like there's too many onions in the room because this how do you keep a dry eye with all the stuff going on yeah. I mean it, it's too much and you know you have uh, all the people dressed up um, seeing all the athletes having to be professionally dressed and then you know I gotta be disappointed I gotta see Odell Beckham Jr. just dressed up like he's going to the MTV Awards and I'm just like come on man just yeah, I'm a Giants fan come on like he don't have a guy that does suits or something like that he literally dressed up with cut-up jeans. Hey, I mean, it's, it's just his style. I've seen him in suits many times, so... At the ESPYs, you, that's the that's the time when you're going to get noticed the most. He wasn't being presented with any awards, so I feel like that was probably his... He got he got called out on stage, so... Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't anything bad, but he got called out on stage. Um, I was a little surprised with that. Seeing how everybody was really seated and um, the different... The different ways they broke it down, like you saw Jim Brown there. Yeah. You know, I always think that's important when you see Jim Brown. There's not many guys like him, Kareem, you know. Those people like that, like Muhammad Ali tribute was great by Chance the Rapper. Oh, he did an excellent job. You know, let's really put that in perspective. I, at first I was a little skeptical. I'm like, why Chance the Rapper? Why have him? No, I knew, I knew where they were going with that. He's a very, like... I wouldn't. I don't know if intense is the right word, but he gets very deep when he performs, and I think it was like the right person to choose to. He's up and coming, so I think he was a per- good person to choose. To and that's that where, but, but that's where I was a little surprised because I feel like he's up and coming. He's not really established fully yet, but this really, you know, this blew me away. I thought he did an excellent job, and it opened him up to an even more of a bigger audience. Because you know, this this was on ABC. This was yeah. on national, you know, network. So, congrats to him. That was some good stuff. Uh, you got that going on. The Craig Sager tribute. Amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. Obviously, the speech, you knew you were going to get something you know, heavy. What I liked about his speech was it wasn't being too down. It was just about the positivity living every day to the fullest. And when you see stuff like that, it, it kind of puts your, your own life in perspective. And little things that you may complain about, you may, you know, be all upset about something that seems so small in the grand scheme of things. This man is just happy to be alive. Yeah. That's all. That's that's it. Every day. He said, live every day like, you know, that, like this is it. They show him getting the chemo right before calling an NBA playoff game. Before, you know, reporting on the sidelines. Early in the morning to, to have to work late at night and go back the next day, do it again. Yeah. Just to keep him up. It's, it's incredible. You know, you, you hate to see somebody like that who's been loved for years over 30 years it's it's rough you know that's that's really a tough a tough pill to swallow it's kind of like how we had to go through with Stuart Scott yeah and seeing him up to his last days so it's 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 a part of life we have to deal with it but you know it's it's good to see him in good spirits and how the NBA really just they pushed him so hard they embraced him you know you even saw Marv Albert showed up Marv Albert don't go nowhere unless he's getting a check just in case anybody's wondering. I've never seen Marv Albert not calling a game in, at a place. I've never seen him just be a spectator. So having Marv Albert there is a big deal. Um, it, it was uh, just, you know, things like that going on. That, 
the the opening which I'm gonna play, you know, after the break, with Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Carmelo Anthony, which was spearheaded by Carmelo Anthony, who's been very vocal about the violence that's been going on in our community with the police. He made sure right before the SB started that he talked to producers and said, this is what we want to do. And this happened literally, they said, the day of. That wasn't planned. They opened up the show. Um, I'll play the entire speech. It, it was really, really good, really important to show that these athletes, as much money as they make, they realize what's going on in the communities. Yeah. You can't take that away. And I, I was really proud to see that, you know, that's, to me, that's a, that's a huge deal. So... Good stuff with that. John Cena as the host. You know, we'll discuss yay or nay, you know, your thoughts on him. Because I, I thought he was uh, he was 50-50. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. But we'll, we'll, we'll definitely dive into that. Um, as well as some of the award winners. And I, I thought what Brianna Stewart said, which I think a lot of people kind of swept under the rug and didn't recognize. Her saying that there should have been more focus on women's sports. I agree. Women's sports, the WNBA. WNBA, really, in particular, because she talked about how she had cameras following her all through UConn. Now she's in the pros, and it seems like nothing. Which is true. Women's college basketball gets a lot of exposure. Yeah. But the WNBA, for some reason, just doesn't. And I always find it to be weird. It's so confusing to me. Very confusing. But you, I always know when women's college basketball on. I always know. And it's always great games. Now, I don't know what's going on. The, the scoring in the WNBA has been up. And I think that more people should be watching it because it, it is exciting basketball we have been seeing. But like I said, I, we could go. We've talked about this to exhaustion for, for days, I feel like. Yeah. It's always something. So I don't know how they're going to figure it out. But uh, she brought up a good, very good point, And I didn't want that to get ignored in the whole SB talk because, you know, there was a lot of different things going on. But speaking of women's sports, the women's gymnastics team was um, announced, I believe, on Sunday. A lot of speculation in regards to who was going to be chosen and why. Gabby Douglas, going in, was a favorite. She barely made the team. You know, which was a little bit of a surprise. And you got to look at how different she is now from what she was four years ago. She's gotten taller. You know, um... It's her body's different, you know. That's that's something you notice about like gymnastics. They are all very small, very petite, and like you know, a lot of it is that how they have to move and they're jumping around. Everything's got to be a specific thing. What she was four years ago, and now she's grown up, and you know, she's matured. People got to realize these they grow. It, it takes a little bit off of her game, you know, because I don't think it's more of her skill. I think it's just. You know, life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You 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 can't do the same things you used to do four years ago. Your body is not the same. Cause they said she grew like three or four inches. Wow. That's a big deal. Yeah. In in this sport, it's a big deal. You got Simone Biles, who's the best all around in the um in the on the Olympic team. She's only about four foot nine, yeah, four foot eight. Tiny. You know what I'm saying? And I think Gabby Douglas is like what five three, five four. That sounds small to us. But to them, that's like tall. Hey, I'm 5'4", five, 5'3", five, and I feel, <laughs> for a gymnast, that's, that's very tall. It's very tall. So it affects her, you know, her way of doing things. Uh, just seeing that this is a very multicultural team. Yeah, I love seeing that. Right? You notice that. You know, you have um, two African-American um, girls, one Hispanic girl, 
you know, it, you don't see that, yeah. especially in the Olympics. That that was amazing to me, and I, I was kind of proud, very proud to see that. Yeah, it's like if you want to have any team to represent America, that team would be it. Oh, yeah. diverse they are today. It's, it's extremely diverse. It's extremely just put together the right way, you know? Yeah. Now... We talked about a little bit about the gray area that's coming up. You want to give people a little uh, little preview of what you're talking about? Yeah, Lamar Odom is not entering trouble, but he's kind of tiptoeing around it. So I just want to discuss his downward spiral that he's made since he had that incident in Las Vegas. He was, you know, doing well on the road to recovery, but now he's, you know, reached some situations where it seems like he's getting back into those old habits. So I just want to revisit him and bring some attention his way and discuss how, you know, what's what's going to be the end result for him, but possibly where he's going to possibly end up. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm always worried about him. You know, New York product, great basketball player for a long time. Yeah. He's one of those guys I used to hear about when he was in high school. Like, I remember with the Christ the King, just all the stories about him. He was a legend. I mean, as a kid, I knew this, you know, like, oh, Lamar Odom, he's a legend with the Rhode Island and all this stuff like that. Then when he gets to the pros, he's going to be great. So it's it hits home to everybody. You want to see him do well. I I don't want to blame the Kardashians. I know you're saying that you're not blaming the Kardashians, but we're here. We'll hear more of it. We'll hear more of it later in the show. But um, as always, taking your calls, 516-900-2278, just to get your thoughts on what's going on in the world of sports, because, you know, there's always something. There's always something. That's the best way to describe it. But uh, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Girl, I know this might seem strange, but let me know if I'm out of order for stepping to you this way. See, I've been watching you for a while, and I just gotta let you know that I'm really feeling your style. Plus, I had to know your name and leave you with my number and i hope that you would call me someday if you want you can give me yours too and if you don't well i ain't mad at you we can still be cool i'm not trying to pressure Probably with my peeps 
If it's cool with you, maybe we'll swing by And you can just chill Oh, you can just chill with me Long as you're comfortable and you feel secure When you're with me, cause I'm not trying to Good evening. Tonight is a celebration of sports, celebrating our accomplishments and our victories. But in this moment of celebration, we actually start the show tonight this way. The four of us talking to our fellow athletes with the country watching, because we cannot ignore the realities of the current state of America. The events of the past week have put a spotlight on the injustice, distrust, and anger that plagues so many of us. The system is broken. The problems are not new. The violence is not new, and the racial divide definitely is not new. But the urgency to create change is at an all-time high. We stand here tonight accepting our role in uniting communities to be the change we need to see. We stand before you as fathers, sons, husbands, brothers, uncles, and in my case, as an African-American man and the nephew of a police officer who is one of the hundreds of thousands of great officers serving this country. But Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, Eric Gardner, Laquan McDonald, Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, this is also our reality. Generations ago, legends like Jesse Owens, Jackie Robinson, Muhammad Ali, John Carlos and Tommy Smith, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jim Brown, Billie Jean King, Arthur Ashe, and countless others. They set a model for what athletes should stand for. So we choose to follow in their footsteps. The racial profiling has to stop. The shoot to kill mentality has to stop. Not seeing the value of black and brown bodies has to stop but also the retaliation has to stop. The endless gun violence in places like Chicago, 
Dallas, not to mention Orlando. It has to stop. Enough. Enough is enough. Now, as athletes, it's on us to challenge each other to do even more than what we already do in our own communities. And the conversation cannot, it cannot stop as our schedules get busy again. It won't always be convenient. It won't. It won't always be comfortable. But it is necessary. We all feel helpless and frustrated by the violence. We do. But that's not acceptable. It's time to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, what are we doing to create change? It's not about being a role model. It's not about our responsibilities to the tradition of activism. I know tonight we'll honor Muhammad Ali, the GOAT. But to do his legacy any justice, let's use this moment as a call to action for all professional athletes to educate ourselves, explore these issues, speak up, use our influence, and renounce all violence. And most importantly, go back to our communities, invest our time, our resources, help rebuild them, help strengthen them, help change them. We all have to do better. Thank you. All right, that was from last night's SB Awards, the opening monologue was a little different. It wasn't just all jokes. It was a very serious topic um, brought up, like I said, by Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Paul discussing the uh, violence going on in the community. And it, it's, a, it's a big deal. And I'm happy that they, they made sure they let off the show with that and really set the mood. I thought all four guys were perfect in what they said. Um, it, it was definitely needed, and it's still a problem today. Uh, what did you think when you saw those guys, you know, just get up on stage? Like, what were your first initial thoughts? It was a very powerful thing. I'm happy that they took that stance because you don't really see that much from athletes who do that in a broad audience. And I think even just throughout the whole entertainment community, you see a lot of people standing up, holding meetings, gatherings, you know, out there protesting. And it's nice to see because eventually things will pick up. And it's like they mentioned the guys who did before, like Muhammad Ali, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, all those guys and they it's like they had they're very they're well respected because of what they did outside of being on the court in the ring on the field you know that's why they're respected so it's good that they're taking that stand and you know delivering the message to people especially at awards like the SBs because it's like you know all of us you know the majority of us in this room are athletes we have a platform so mm-hmm. let's go ahead and use it so I was happy and it's great to see that it was for black men as well speaking up yeah, it's really, it was important just to show that there's awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, there's awareness. I, I love the fact that he spoke about the past and how this was done in the past, these talks, you know. Yeah. He talked about with um, Jackie Robinson and talking about Jim Brown. Because this shouldn't be a new thing. This shouldn't be like, oh, man, we, we're supposed to do this. This is your, you're a public figure. You're a guy that people look up to. They're going to want to know how you feel yeah. on these topics, you know, so... I thought it was really cool, really a great thing. I, I love what Carmelo's been doing. You know, he's been writing in, um, I think it was The Guardian. He wrote a post in The Guardian about his thoughts on everything. Um, I thought it was really cool how he just took it upon himself to keep growing, you know, yeah. to keep pushing and keep having people involved in what's going on. And he's been like this since, I remember last year with uh, Walking in Baltimore. Remember after the riots? Yes. He was the first one down there. Now it's from his his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So it's like 
he has that mindset. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. But that's the thing. Like, I don't think people should be, you know, getting applauded for doing what they should be doing or be getting credit. Like, Mm. you know, acknowledge it, but they're leading by example because that's what their platform does. It's not like he needs a pat on the back. And I, I doubt he's expecting that, too. So I don't think he needs credit. I don't need, you know, hearing people like, oh, wow, good thing for Carmelo Anthony. He's out there. What about the regular citizens who don't have, you know, millions right. of dollars in their bank account and don't have this platform who've been doing it since day one? So I don't agree with saying that he doesn't get enough credit. There's not really much credit to get. You're an African-American man. You're affected by these things. You're doing what should be should be done. No, that's that's definitely a very good point. I, I was just saying because you usually don't hear about the, the positive side of what Carmelo Anthony does with, with things like this. So I, I thought it was cool on that aspect. Yeah. I'm looking at it from the media aspect of it. But um, perfect way to start to set the tone for the SB's, the SB show. Now, the host was John Cena. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I know you said you're not a big wrestling fan, but you know who John Cena oh, yeah, is. of course, yeah. You know, because the guy's transcended to becoming... I'm not going to say like The Rock had a rock and made that transition into becoming such a big name outside yeah. of wrestling, but he's on his way. Yeah. You know, he's done a couple of movies like Trainwreck, and, and he's had a bit of a following now in terms of people outside of the wrestling community. So he um, was hosting. He told a couple of jokes. I'm going to play only a few of them, okay? And I want to get your honest opinion, yay or nay, was he good, okay? Okay. We're going to definitely do this. Here it goes. Cheers. Odell Beckham Jr. Hell, he already looks like a WWE superstar. He is one parrot away from being Coco Beware. This is that one magical night a year where J.R. Smith wears a shirt. It's time to take a look at yourself, sports. Realize that you're more like the WWE than you have ever Imagined. Okay, LeBron, you used to be a good guy, and then you turned into a bad guy, and now you're a good guy again? And you left the NBA hanging. What are they going to do when they don't have a bad guy? Exactly what we do. They're going to make a new one. The one thing we have that you don't. Vince McMahon, a maniacal billionaire pulling the strings behind the scenes who uses every trick in the book to manipulate things to his advantage any way he can. Something like that, that is way too crazy for real sports. <laughs> now, Payton and Kobe's final games had a couple things in common. They were both unforgettable and almost no passing. All right, so that was just a little bit of uh, some of John Cena's best jokes. All right, be honest. One to five, five being the highest. What are you giving him? I give him about, like, a four. I don't think he did bad at all, like, for the joke. Because, like, the opening remark jokes are always, like, those are always tough. They, you know, hit those, they hit the tough spots, you know, the expected spots. And I think he did, I think he did a bunch of that, so... I don't know. I found him I found him pretty funny and entertaining. His jokes were, you know, typical jokes that you would expect to be made in an event like this. Right. So I wasn't expecting like a Kevin Hart stand up, you know, like let's be real, it's John Cena. <laughs> so I think he did a great time. I did I mean he did a great do- job keeping everybody entertained and you know, I, I I was satisfied with it. Okay. All right, that's a that's a plus. That's I'm gonna give him a point for that. Um I you know, I gave him a three. And I'm a John Cena, you know, I I'm not a fan, but um I know how he is in WWE. I know his like his whole image and everything that he portrays. 
I thought he seemed a little nervous, like extremely nervous up there. Like he told these jokes, but he just seemed like, oh man, are they laughing? Are they laughing? Like really? he was looking around. He just seemed a little, yeah, that's just my opinion. He didn't seem as confident as he usually is. I don't know. I mean, I've seen him be, he seemed very casual. Like I didn't notice any nerve. Like he laughed, he chuckled. Or like if he didn't receive much laughter, he went right to the next joke, which is like a very professional thing to do because, you know, you could get thrown off by that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I found him very professional when they came to the comedy portion of this. I don't know. I mean, eh, I guess. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being a harsh critic, okay? Because I've seen the guy, you know, do promos and stuff at WWE. Like, he looked more confident. Here he was like, yeah, cause oh, Yeah, because that's his comfort zone, and this is his first time. I mean, I give people the benefit of the doubt. It's first time, you know, hosting the ESPYs, so... It's, it's a tough crowd. Like, it's a tough crowd. You have legends sitting there. WWE is his platform. So if he has to do anything for the WWE, he's going to be more comfortable. He's, like, at the top of the ranks over there. At, at an award show like the ESPYs, mm-hmm. you know, you're just starting off. So I, I give I, – that's what I give him a four. I think they did a great job. Okay. Okay, that's, that's actually some fair, fair scoring there, all right? <laughs> now, the other – the other thing that was going down, and uh, obviously Tim Duncan retired, but he retired too late to make it into the SB uh, yeah. little uh, recognition there. Abby Wambach, Kobe Bryant, Peyton Manning all got acknowledged. Uh, I thought it was really cool. It was nice. I liked, the, I liked how they showed like, the beginning and then them through their career. And what Kobe Bryant said was so funny when he was like, you know, Peyton Manning went out with the Super Bowl. Abby went out with the World Cup. But, you know, I, I tend to do things differently. And, you know, I went out with a 17 and 65 season. So it was, it was really funny. <laughs> well, here's, uh, here's actually what Kobe said. So mm-hmm. this is his, his words. Let's see if you are perfect with your uh, reenactment of it, okay? <laughs> sure. So we'll check it out. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you, Justin. This is a great night, and to be up here, being recognized alongside Abby and Kobe, two legends, makes it very special. The ESPYs have always meant a lot to me, and I want to give a special thanks to the producer of this show, Mara Mant, who's quarterback the ESPYs every year. One of the great honors I've had was four years ago, presenting the Arthur Ashe Award to my friend, Coach Pat Summit. And, of course, we remember her tonight, along with the iconic Muhammad Ali and everyone we lost this year. Watching those films, all I could think about was how fortunate the three of us up here are, and really all the athletes in this room are, to be in the position that we're in, because sports would be nothing without the fans. The Super Bowl wouldn't mean anything. The World Cup wouldn't mean anything. The NBA Finals wouldn't mean anything without the fans. Being a fan is how I first came to love the NFL. And now that my time is up as a player, I'm looking forward to having a great time being a fan again and watching all of you out here in this audience tonight. So again, thanks very much. It's a tremendous honor. Thank you. Uh, It's such an honor to be up here alongside Peyton and Kobe. You guys are my heroes. For me, it was never about trying to be the best player in the world or scoring more goals than anyone else. What it was about was just working as hard as I could and being as committed as I could, embracing every challenge. Still, I never wanted to be completely defined by my sport. I wanted people to see who I was underneath my jersey and for them to appreciate me, the person, as much as me, the athlete. 
I think that's why women's soccer and the U.S. women's national team have appealed to so many people for so long. We're willing to be true to ourselves and speak up when there's something to say. Whether it's about equitable pay or equal opportunity for female athletes or any issue about fairness and injustice. That's what I'm most proud of. Being part of, a legacy, being part of that legacy, standing up here in front of you today, true to myself and knowing I left the game better than I found it, I'm as excited as I've ever been to see what's next. Thank you, and uh, it's, uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, it's, uh, it's amazing to be standing here alongside Abby and Peyton, and, uh, you know, Abby decided to retire after a compelling World Cup victory, and uh, Peyton hung, it up, hung up his cleats after yet another Super Bowl win, and so for me, you know, I tend to do things a little differently, so... <laughs> I felt an impressive 17 for 65 season would be a bold statement to wrap up my 20 year career. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, I, I have a lot of respect for these two and uh, we grew up in our sports together and I know the sacrifices that went along with standing here today. And uh, we're not on this stage just because of talent or ability. We're up here because of 4 a.m. We're up here because of two-a-days or five-a-days. We're up here because we had a dream and let nothing stand in our way. If anything tried to bring us down, we used it to make us stronger. We were never satisfied, never finished, will never be retired. My high school English teacher, Mr. Fisk, I actually paid attention one time in class, and, and he said, he had this beautiful quote, and, he, and it read, rest at the end, not in the middle. And I took that to heart. I believe there's time for resting at the end, but for me, that time is not now. Thank you for this tremendous honor and acknowledging my basketball career, but I'm far from done. My next dream is to be honored one day for inspiring the next generation of athletes to have a dream, sacrifice for it, and never ever rest in the middle. Thank you to my wonderful family, my wife, my daughter, Natalia and Gianna, and thank you guys. All right, so that was the speech. I like how Kobe made sure, you know, I, I got to thank my wife right away, you know, because you know, obviously she's pregnant. You know she's pregnant now. Yeah. So he's expecting uh, another girl. So a lot's going on uh, with Kobe. And I, I still don't understand what he's going to do after her. Yeah, he keeps he giving these hints. cliffhanger. I mean, he's probably going to look into becoming a coach. Coach. You don't think so? I don't know. I feel like Kobe as a what coach would be so aggressive. Why, by saying that you're go, you're looking to inspire, are you running for president? Obviously, that's not <laughs> happening. Are you running for mayor, governor? Like, what what else could you do? But I like that he left us off with the cliffhanger so we could still be on our toes to, you know, keep him relevant. That's the thing. He's he's ending a 20-year career, but he wants to stay relevant. So he has to leave. He needs to drop these clues before he makes his next big move. Would it be anything shocking? I... I I don't know. I couldn't picture what it could be. Everybody's like, oh, he's, is he going to say he's coming back from retirement? <laughs> not with those injuries. No, no, not at all. No, he's, <laughs> if he if he even thought about that. It would be a waste. Oh, Lord. It be with the Lakers. You'll be wasting your time. Well, that, that wouldn't be the first time the Lakers waste their time, let's be honest. I mean, uh, I don't know what Kobe plans to do, but uh, like I said, it's, it's always up in the air with him. I, I like what he said. 
Uh, obviously, Peyton Manning. I just thought what he said also was important about, like, you know, he's a fan. Yeah. First and foremost, everybody that's up on that stage are fans. They start off as fans, yeah. So let's just put that in perspective. So I'm um, really, you know, proud of him with that. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers won best team. Yeah. You know, uh, it sucks if you're the Golden State Warriors. You win 73 games, but you're not going to get nominated for best team because you didn't win the big one. It was a big upset for them. They They completely let a lot of people down. Even people who aren't basketball fans were – rooting for them because it made sense you know according to yeah according to the statistics and the you know just everything was leading towards them so they they don't deserve an award they didn't do i mean <laughs> jeez they don't deserve an award <laughs> they don't they didn't they didn't close out the season you know the Cavs did a remarkable performance and they had a major comeback so that's you know okay that's fair enough uh i'm trying to think of any other big award winners now i'm actually going back to the brian stewart award win I'm a little surprised. I thought she was great, and she's more than deser- more than deserving. But Serena Williams doesn't get a Serena Williams wasn't nominated because mm. she didn't reach 22 until last weekend. I get that, you know but I mean? even and then, those, those nominations have already been you know processed, and you know that's those nominees have been processed. So she, that's why she wasn't. If you think about it, she she came across some upsets, you know. Yeah. From from now from last SB so now you got to think about I mean last SB sucks she definitely should have gotten it over <laughs> Ronda Rousey yeah because you see where she is now yeah. nowhere you know the video footage of Ronda Rousey was of her getting knocked out it was and you have to compare that to last year how much you know how much coverage she was getting just for her you know few couple like couple moments of fame compared to what Serena Williams had done oh. so but there's not a doubt in my mind that she won't be nominated or not walk away with that. Best Female Athlete Award. I mean, she's had it in the past, so it's not really a big deal. But it's not. I I, I kind of understood why she wasn't nominated because you know she had those upsets in the U.S. Open and you know the other you know Australian was it the Australian Open? Another another big title she lost as well. So does she deserve fe- Best Female Athlete after losing those Grand Slams when we're talking about the calendar year and the time when things are nominated? Mm-hmm. No, she does not. Compared to Brianna Stewart, who bought UConn, you know, another title and is doing great in the you know WNBA. As young as she is, and she's on the women's Olympic team. You know right. what I mean? And you know, Brianna Stewart just incredible. She's what three-time national national player of the year in college. Yeah, all four years won the national title. Exactly. That's insane. And I thought she more than deserved it, but I have to. You got to fight for Serena sometimes. You know, let's yeah, be true, true. I mean, but everybody knows Serena's amazing. It's you know, and I thought it was just nice for Brianna Stewart to get an SB. It definitely was. And um, before we go to break, I'm actually going to play. Brianna Stewart, her quick message, and it goes back to what we were saying about women's basketball getting noticed. But uh, definitely just a, another powerful moment from last night in watching the ESPYs. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. This is a lot of people. <laughs> um, I'd like to thank my fans, my family, UConn, my coaches, and all my teammates. I'd also like to thank ESPN and the media. During my time in college, Thank you. 
the makeup on his shirt You don't believe his stories You know that there are lies Bad as you are You stick around And I just don't know why If I was your man Baby, you Never worry about What I'd do I'd be coming home Back to you Every night Doing you right You're the type of woman Deserve good fame This full of diamonds A head full of rain Baby, you're a star just wanna show you you are You should let me love you Let me be the one to Give you everything you want and need A baby good love and protection Make me your selection Show you the way love's supposed to be Baby you should let me love you Love you, love you, love description looks so good that it hurts you're a dime plus 99 and it's a shame don't even know what you were <laughs> everywhere you go they stop and stare cause you're bad and it shows from your head to your toes out of control baby you know oh, baby you never worry about what i do i'll be coming home back to you every night Deserves good things A handful of rings Baby, you're a star I just wanna show you you are You should let me love you Let me be the one to Give you everything you want and need Oh, baby, good love and protection Oh, make me your selection Show you the way love's supposed to be Thank ESPN for this honor. Um, Jimmy V's inspirational phone, constant source of encouragement and inspiration. 
and it's always at my bedside in the hospital, and I can listen to it anytime I want. So uh, my thoughts are with the Balvano family, because this honor means a great deal to me. So thank you very much. I'd also like to thank my two families that are here. You saw their picture. First, my beloved bride, Stacy. She is my heaven on earth. In the darkest of moments, tears running down her cheeks, we embraced and we prayed. Please, don't leave me, she pleaded. We can fight this together. There's no fear in love, and your love is my strength. My children, Casey, Craig, Krista, Riley, Ryan, my sister Candy, Stacy's mother Mary Jo, my battle has been your battle. I would also like to thank my Turner Sports family. Many of them are here tonight. David Levy, Lenny Daniels, Craig Berry, Scooter Bertino, Matt Hong, Nate Smeltz. Your love and support since my first diagnosis has been incredible. And your willingness to adapt, to let me keep doing what I love, is something I will never forget. And the truth is that the Turner family is just part of a bigger family. All of you, the sports family. Sports are who I am in my soul. They have guided my life. And I have had the good fortune to witness all of your amazing feats. And I am confident that I will continue to watch those amazing feats. I have spent most of the past year and a half at the most impactful cancer hospital in the world, MD Anderson in Houston. And many nights I don't get out of the hospital until well after midnight, and I always take the same walking path back to the hotel. The sidewalks wind through a maze of buildings, including the Texas Children's Hospital. Many nights, I'll stop, pause, and I'll go inside. And a few feet inside the hallway is this large model train display covered by glass. There are seven buttons on the outside. They activate the trains, the circus, the toys, and the trolley. And many nights, alone, in the stillness and solitude of the hospital, I push those buttons. And I watch the trains as they disappear through the tunnel and emerge full steam on the other side. I watch the trains as they pass by the town square, the Dinosaur Canyon, the Pirates Cove, Santa Land, and the ice skating rink. And I sit there and I watch and I listen I listen to the sounds of the circus, of the kids laughing, and of the train chugging along. Now, I don't know why I am so drawn to this train set. Perhaps it's my life coming full circle. Maybe it's just the kid inside all of us. Or perhaps it's a few minutes in my life 
that leukemia cannot take from me. The train actually takes two minutes and 20 seconds to make a full loop. But what is time really? When you are diagnosed with a terminal disease like cancer, leukemia, your perception of time changes. When doctors tell you you have three weeks to live, do you try to live a lifetime of moments in three weeks? Or do you say, the hell with three weeks? When doctors tell you that your only hope of survival is 14 straight days of intense chemotherapy, 24 hours a day, do you sit there and count down the 336 hours? Or do you see each day as a blessing? Time is something that cannot be bought. It cannot be wagered with God, and it is not in endless supply. Time is simply how you live your life. I am not an expert on time or on cancer or on life itself. I'm a kid from the small Illinois town of Batavia who grew up on the Chicago Cubs and made sports his life's work. Although there's never been a day where it actually seemed like work. I have run with the Bulls in Pamplona. I have raced with Mario Andretti in Indianapolis. I have climbed the Great Wall of China. I have jumped out of airplanes over Kansas. I have wrestled gators in Florida. I have sailed the ocean with Ted Turner. I have swam with the oceans in the Caribbean. And I have interviewed Greg Popovich. <laughs> Mid-game spurs down seven. If I've learned anything through all of this, it's that each and every day is a canvas waiting to be painted. An opportunity for love, for fun, for living, for learning. To those of you out there who are suffering from cancer, facing adversity, I want you to know that your will to live and to fight cancer can make all the difference in the world. The way you think influences the way you feel, and the way you feel determines how you act. And to everybody out there, we are making progress, incredible progress. As the Vice President said, the Moonshot Program, we are going to find a cure for cancer. But we need your help. We must continue to donate. We must continue to fight. And we need, must continue to do this together. I am grateful to my parents, Coral and Al. They raised me with a positive outlook on life. I always see the glass half full. I see the beauty in others. And I see the hope for tomorrow. If we don't have hope and faith, we have nothing. Whatever I might have imagined a terminal diagnosis would do to my spirit, it summoned quite the opposite. The greatest appreciation for life itself. So I will never give up. And I will never give in. 
I will continue to keep fighting, sucking the marrow out of life as life sucks the marrow out of me. I will live my life full of love and full of fun. It's the only way I know how. Thank you and good night. That was the um, powerful speech from Craig Sager last night, um, accepting the Jimmy V Award from the NESBs. Uh, once again, this is Sports Social with Eddie, and I'm here with Naomi Gray. Now, how powerful of a message, once again, from Craig Sager, and isn't it ha- how hard it is just to watch him go through this? Yeah, like, it's, it was such a powerful message, and it's like, you know, I don't understand what it's like to be a cancer patient, but I understand what it's like to go through a tragic, you know, moment in your life and just having the, like, getting this super strength to just, you know, continue on and just, you know, fight even harder to just do everyday activities, you know. I, I, I know what that feels like, and it's just like, I whenever I see somebody in a situation like his, you know, especially when it comes to your health, health yeah. is it's completely different, especially when you have, you know, something stuck in your, in your arm trying to give you, you mm-hmm. know, give you some type of energy or something you know what i mean it's it's such a, a sad state of affairs because you're you're trying so hard just to live you know right. people don't understand that. you're just trying to live that's what this whole fight is about you know yeah. what's your gain living right so it's it's depressing i think we all everybody has been has encountered a situation whether personally or with family members or friends with cancer and how debil- debilitating it is for everybody to go yeah. through it is it's it's something very tough. Like, and I started crying when he like just you know honored his wife because it's like, yeah. it's like it's it just probably feels so good to just have somebody there who is just like, you know, fighting with you. And you know, there's some people who aren't in that situation. You know, they have family members, but you know, family sometimes families are so large that everybody's just going their separate way. And it's just like, you know, to see him have as big of a family as he does, and you know, to have his wife as a true support system, mm-hmm. and you know, just to see, uh, just even for me to see a man just truly love the woman he's with. And just to admire her and disrespect her, and you know, just for a woman to give that love back, you know, to somebody who's at their lowest point, like that's yeah. just a beautiful thing to and and to you, see. you need to see more of it. That's that's yeah, the exactly. Thing. You don't see it often. Well, let's. This actually was something that kind of segues into what we were talking about during the um, during the break. You said you saw Von Miller there with a uh, specific uh, Instagram model. Yeah. Next to him in the front row. Now, we don't know if they're dating or anything, but. Uh, you want to speak on that a little bit in terms of your opinion on why, you know, you feel like that's wrong? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of kitchen table talk, but it's all right. I guess I'll speak on it because I don't like bringing anybody down. But Let's do it. Um, this is the girl that Bob Miller with, with was with was, um, I think her name is Crystal Westbrook. She's, you might sound familiar, her sister's yeah. India Love. She's a, like an Instagram model. She dated the game. She's very young. I don't even think she hit 21 yet. Who are a crystal or anything or no I think crystal's 21 I'm talking about her sister hasn't hit 21 and she was dating the game so that was a big controversy right but they had a show on BET called the Westbrooks and it kind of just you know everybody called them like you know the black version of the Kardashians or that's who they were aspiring to be right and I kind of looked at them as worse than the Kardashians. I don't. I, I'm somebody who actually doesn't look at the Kardashians in a terrible light. You don't kind of accept them for what they are. Okay. Um, but that's rare. You know, when people are trying to be something that they're obviously not, is why I don't like them. And okay. I see that displayed a lot from the Westbrook. They, you know, I remember on their show they they would have some situations where like they were booked for something and they're like, oh, I, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm too, you know, I should have been booked for that. Or if they didn't get in their way, they're cursing out their manager, just completely disgusting. And it's like. 
you guys are anybody. Your show is wrapped around the fact that you guys are Instagram, you know, famous. Models, yeah. And that your show shows how much followers you have. Like at the end of the day, one of the day, one of these days social media is gonna come social media is gonna come to an end. It is. And you're not gonna be anything. And then when I go when I visit their Instagram pages, like you know, keep in mind they're they're about my age. I'm twenty two. Mm-hmm. India is probably nineteen twenty. Her sister probably the same age as me, twenty two. They're in these like promiscuous lingerie shoots, <laughs> butts hanging out, breasts hanging out, dating. You know, I don't. I mean, dating older men that has nothing to do with anything. Okay, it has nothing to do with anything. That's fine. Maybe not when you're nineteen. That has. Some, I think it has that's, something to do with things. That's that's intense. I mean, her if she's dating Von Miller, I'm saying like twenty two, whatever his age is. That's not. Doesn't matter. That's yeah. not an issue. But you have a problem. Do you think like she's just using Von Miller? If that's the I case, I don't think she's using. But I don't know what the situation means. It could literally just be friends. But okay. my only issue is that the fact that somebody like her is sitting front row at the ESPYS, a few seats away from Kobe Bryant and his mm. wife. You know, like I, I don't under, I don't understand what the situation is. But I was just shocked because like I literally paused and rewind my TV. Like, wait, she's there. She's at the ESPYS. You know what I have to do? You know what I have to do to get to the ESPYs? Yeah. You know, I, I'm trying to be on the red carpet interviewing people in, like, the next 10 years at the ESPYs. But mm. her, who's just posing half naked and, ha- you know, was blessed with the TV show on BET, yeah. is is front row at the ESPYs amongst, in the same room as Kareem well, Abdul-Jabbar, this, Jim Brown, LeBron James, Stephen Curry. Like, let's, what? Let's, let's assume she is dating Bond Miller. You know, and would you, are you mad at Von Miller for like shooting his shot and saying, "Okay, I'm gonna take her"? Like I said, I don't know. I don't know what the case is with them. I don't know if they're dating, but I'm just saying, like most times you see athletes, they're with these flashy girls who are not even athletes. It has nothing to do with athletes. It has to do with entertainers. But I guess this is their circle. They're all entertainers. Yeah. So this is the people you meet. But I, I, like I said, I can't really speak on it because I don't know what their situation is. They could have been dating since he won the Super Bowl back in February. You know, right. I don't know what the case may be, but it's just. It's just the fact that this is where, you know, it's just, it has nothing to do with Von Miller. It has to do with, not even personally with her, just the type of person she is. Like, right. just the Instagram models, seeing them, these Instagram models, these bottle service girls, these video, same thing with video vixens, that they're just getting up and getting, you know, the finer things where there's other just normal girls like myself who is actually trying to make a career out of this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't sit in front row at the ESPYs. You know where I was at the ESPYs? I was serving people at a restaurant that I work in. That's, right, that's, right. You know, that's where that's where my frustration came in. And it's like, I don't want to get to like it's a personal job, like, oh, you're just jealous. It has nothing to do with being jealous. It's just, no, you're, you're, you're being honest about how what's exactly, going on. It's that's just all. what It's just what's developing and what's becoming the usual. Like, you see these video models and these video vixens and whoever they are, Instagram models, social media stars, just getting this, like, I guess, easier way to... To success, to success. and to, like, big notoriety. I, I completely exactly. agree with and you. It, it goes back to, like, you know, seeing people like Drea Michelle. She was a basketball... She was on Basketball Wives, but she was, you know, had opportunities to host, host red car- carpets. Yeah. Same thing with Karuchi. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying these girls aren't talented because they are, you know. They're just more because of their looks and just who exactly. they were with. That but I mean, type they of made thing. something. They made a name on themselves. Like, Drea Michelle, she's she's a designer. She has her own very successful thing. Yeah. Karuchi, you know, acting. Fashion you know, model. So I, I appreciate the people who did who did have that did have that come up, but made something out of themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not just being a model because that's, everybody can be a model. If I wanted to post half naked, I'll be on somebody's front magazine. Now, here's my thing. I, I'm not saying that, and I'm going to say this before we get a break. I'm not saying Crystal Westbrooks is famous, but she is known before, obviously, dating Von Miller. Now, the Carucci situation, she was not known before dating Chris Brown. Chris Brown kind of put her on the map, in a sense. Here's the, but here's the fear where a lot of guys have. They take a girl, like, for example, that was probably in the neighborhood that wasn't famous at the time, even though they were famous, 
and they kind of make them known. Like they get this national attention. But why is that a fair? Why why is that a fair to put put a female on? You know, and then but show that's the world but that's, that's where some person. guys but some guys have problems. We see Chris Brown still trying to get Karuchi back. Men after have all this a time. problem with women women just being more successful than them. That's what that's what men have I, a problem with. I don't know if it's one hundred percent that. I, I hear what you're saying. Fair, I don't think it's a fair of. Oh, you know, God, I'm going to take this average girl, and God forbid, paparazzi starts flying around. God forbid, she starts I think getting it's, opportunities. I think it is. I think it is. It's. It's. Uh, some guys have a problem with this. I'm not saying all do, but a lot of them have. You see, Chris Brown obviously has so a problem you, with it. If you if have you a see, problem with Chris Brown had a problem with cheating on her and having having yeah. a baby while they're together. That's what Chris Brown had a problem with. I don't think he had a problem with her being famous or whatever the case may be. That was not the problem. Chris Chris Brown had a personal problem with his emotions him him just you know trying to find have a come to jesus moment and cheating on her that's what the problem was with chris <laughs> okay. brown so when you i'm just taking off of what you said when men yes. say when you you opened up your sentence saying that men have a problem taking this average girl and her getting attention what that comes off to me is just saying that men have an issue with women becoming more you know just being independent finding a name for themselves mm-hmm. are getting more attention than that's what it seems like and that has nothing to do with Von I don't think that could be compared to no. Von Miller bringing a bringing a video no, it's, di- it's different because I think uh, but she's known that's why I say it's different I'm talking about an unknown like a girl that went from having like let's I, I hate to have you social media reasons but let's say a girl that went from having maybe like 400 followers but then she starts dating this guy and now she's at like 4 million you know what I'm saying so what's, that so, type of thing but what's the issue with that what is the issue you're it's, trying to it's say it's what they're trying to say is some guys have a problem with having to be like okay the reason why this girl has any type of notoriety is because of me and then she tries to play me off as if i'm a nobody later on when she's on you know what i'm saying it's like almost like a girl is using him that's what some guys worry about so you think that celebrity men you know date these flashy girls because they don't want to seem like they're being used they don't they date these flashy girls because they already have something to lose these girls that are unknown have nothing to lose that's the that's the thought I actually don't even think that's true. I don't even think that's true. You don't see a lot of... And the funny thing is the relationships where you see that they are dating a flashy girl, they they, they usually break up. All these celebrity like relationships, mm-hmm. Sierra Bow Wow broke up, Sierra Future broke up, now she's with Russell Wilson, she's married, we'll married. see where that goes. Yeah. You know, all these like relationships... Um, the only people who really are still going strong, surprisingly, is Brad Pitt and Angelina, and they both are very famous people. But even, like, Jessica, way back, like, Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey yeah. broke up. These big names, I can't even think, but there's so many times men have gone maybe after the mm-hmm. girls who don't, whatever you say, don't have nothing to lose. And those relationships don't work. So my thing is, like, I don't think it's that. I think it's men just want, like, that trophy image, that beautiful The trophy wife, you go back to yeah, that. Okay. The beautiful bad chick on their shoulder. And they're taking a gamble by doing that because they either could be, listen, if Von Miller is with, with um, Crystal Westbrook, she could be a rival. She could be one of the best women in the world to him. All power to that. But I'm saying that's the men. It was typical. When I seen it, I was like, of course he would bring somebody like her. You know what yes. I mean? Like, I'm not, not, not him. Just the whole idea of an athlete or an entertainer bringing a female who's flashy, beautiful, you know, sexy and all that, they, they would bring somebody like that right. to the ESPYs or, or to an award show. They would have, or even to the BT the BT Awards is when you see the most. It's when you see all of the video vixen models, all these flashy girls come out of the woodworks. The next thing you know, after their presence there, they're on some love and hip hop. That's when you, that's when they're introduced, award shows like that. So that's why when I seen that, <laughs> It was typical for him to bring somebody like that to the award show, but it also was like the ESPYs, mm. the ESPYs, like the ESPYs isn't, you know, the Billboard's Awards, the American right, right, MTV, right. it's the ESPYs where great athletes are being honored for their great performances, you know, so that's why it was just, it was, it, it, hit, a, it the, hit a nerve, it hit a nerve, it, I get it, I got you. You know, it's, it's like bringing, bringing your side chick to the Oscars. <laughs> 
I like that. That's a you great that's comparison. Like. You can bring your side chick to the Grammys, but not to the Oscars. All right. Well, you know? <laughs> it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty obvious to say, Naomi, you are you are warmed up because you got the gray area next. <laughs> when we come back from the break, and oh man, you are warmed up and ready to go. You host the Sports <laughs> Social at Easton here on Southcast FM.
feel what I'm saying? I don't believe in following people around. I don't Twitter. I don't Instagram. It just came with it. Feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Me and that girl fell in love. Oh my God. Feel what I'm saying? Yeah, That's our business. I do. You feel me? If we want to give you it, if we want to let you in our house, we can let you in. Right. And we can kick you out at the same time. Right. You I know what I'm saying? I feel, I feel do not you. disrespect my space. Do not disrespect my character because that's what y'all been doing. And from day one, even if half the even if half the things were true, even if half of them were true, people know who I am. And y'all have discredited me, beat me down, took my confidence, took everything away from me. You will not do it again. Okay. I know what your company is about. Okay. I know what they're doing to brothers. I know what y'all doing to the rappers. I know you want them beefing. I know you want them arguing. Y'all don't do Leo like that. You don't do Brad like that. Y'all don't do them like that. Man, I sat back. All right, that was Lamar Odom uh, letting himself, pretty much letting his, his whole frustration being known last year when he was talking and when he started going through his uh, craziness. But uh, this is the gray area, and I'm going to hand it over to Miss Naomi Gray. Okay, guys, today we are going to get into... Not not too deep into Lamar Odom's legacy because we we kind of already know that he went through that whole situation last year, you know, found being unconscious in the brothel in Las Vegas. But now it seems like he's kind of tiptoeing back into that direction. Word on the street is that he was on a plane to New York from Los Angeles and he had to be removed from that plane because he was throwing up in a you know, consistent type of situation. So they had to take him off the plane. I'm not sure the details when he got back on the plane, but he eventually made it back into Queens, New York. He That's where he was actually seen. He went to a clothing store, shopping. You know, he looked fine. People took pictures with him. Then, you know, he ended up at a strip club that night. People took pictures of him. He looked okay, you know. According to those pictures, he looked fine. But my issue is the reports. He was supposedly drinking bear and whiskey while waiting for the flight obviously not to a situ he wasn't drinking in a moderate type of situation it was obviously an excessive amount if he had to be removed from an aircraft because of him vomiting word is that he was vomiting in the kitchen area on the plane and then from the he did he could even make it to the bathroom that he he had to make it to the kitchen area on the plane that's where he started vomiting that's where he was found you know continuously vomiting so when you hear something like that, it's, it's kind of scary. It's, it's, it's extremely scary knowing his history, knowing where he was last year, you know, found unconscious, holding on for his life, basically. And he's lucky he even made it through and is being able to walk and live and talk and do things, you know, be featured on a television show. He's lucky he made it that far because the fact that he was found unconscious and had to be flown somewhere else to get to the get some type of, you know, real true help in a hospital... He could have lost his life on that plane, transferring from Las Vegas to, I think it was Los Angeles, I believe. You know, so to hear these reports about him, you know, just acting in a, you know, I don't even know the words, just acting in a, you know, unfortunate manner is, is scary. You, um, you have to take it back to his rehab situation. 
I watch Keep It Up with the Kardashians. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> I really do. You know, I, sometimes I don't watch it because it's, it's enough is enough. Like, I get annoyed. But I do watch it when I know Lamar Odom's going to be on it because right. he's the guy you want to, you know. You're ruined for him. You're ruined yeah, for him. Yeah, you're ruined for him. You want to hear about how he's doing. I remember getting the notification at work that he was found unconscious and, like, I had to keep going to the bathroom. Hopefully my manager's not listening to this, but I had to keep going back to the bathroom <laughs> to make sure that he was still alive. Yeah. Because this is a guy you want to hear succeeding because he's been through so much. You know, he has a story of, you know, having the father who was, you know, a victim of drug abuse and all that situation. You know, he had a friend, his friend died from an overdose as right. well. You know, family members passed away. He had a tough situation and like, when I hear Lamar Odom, I want to hear good after. I don't want to hear anything bad. Mm-hmm. So when I heard when I heard these report, reports about him, I became concerned because it's like it also came after the fact that Khloe Kardashian refiled for divorce. So people also were rooting, you know, for the fact for them to be together. And the peop- reason why people were rooting for them to be together is because that's when you only heard good of Lamar Odom when he was married. You know, it's funny too because they they married after a month, him and Khloe, yeah. and you know. She has Kardashians at the end. She has Kardashians at the end of the name, so people weren't thinking anything well, good. Well, you know, you automatically say that she's going to be the cause of more stress. Exactly. That's because of all the... the it, let's be honest. It's it's scripted reality, you know. They, yes. they make their own problems. So that's one of the big reasons why people were concerned. And they have that's, that's a pretty fair reason to be concerned. Absolutely. But one thing I do have to mention is that day one, Chloe was always the realest Kardashian. I can't speak about now. Now she's kind of bit by the, you know, bought into that doing everything that, you know, is going to cause attention. But back in the days, in the beginning of the Kardashian situation, I mean, reality show, she was always the realest Kardashian. She kept it real. She wasn't really, you know, in a lot of issues. She was dating people, you know, dating athletes and stuff like that, doing everything that Kardashians would do. But back then, she was kind of low-key compared to who she is now. And when she was married to Lamar, he was doing well, let's be honest. He had those issues, you know, going from team to team, like, you know, dealing with going to the Mavericks, you know, being dropped by the Mavs, you know, signing with the Knicks, not playing for the Knicks. Like, he was in that situation, playing with the Clippers, not making it to the All-Star game. I remember those, yeah. those situations. He was dealing with that, but when it came to that personal level, the inside, he seemed to be doing well. She kind of kept him on track. If it was him or just him having that presence of a, a family or whatever the case may be, he seemed to be doing well. Uh, here's my here's my thought on it. I, I look at it as the fact that, you know what, He's a troubled guy. He's had a troubled past. His father obviously gone through a lot of stuff. When he met her, she got him right away. They married after a month. So what that's you mean a, she got him right away. I think she got him right away because I think he struggled in the past. Remember, he had past relationships. He had kids with um with other women. So she got him right away in a sense of that's the type of person that he kind of connected with that understood his struggle. Oh, okay. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what oh, I mean okay. by you God. Him. That's the oh, day she okay. understood him right away because you saw when they were together, they were really in love. They got married after a month. Yes, that's too early, but there was an immediate connection. And you even saw on the show, it didn't look scripted, it didn't look fake. You saw them in public, it looked very real, yeah. and it looked like it was a genuine relationship. They had real problems, but they dealt with them for a long time. Absolutely. Until obviously it got to the point where she didn't want to stay anymore and deal with it because he had his issues. And it's hard when they're in a public eye like that. Exactly. Because I really did like, I thought they were the ones that would make it. Because I felt like they had an interesting relationship because she wasn't the, at that time, wasn't like Kim. She wasn't really like Courtney, you know. She yeah. was kind of like speak her mind, a little raw, a little Absolutely. raunchy, which is what was up his alley. Right. And they just reacted well with each other, you know. 
So it, it's that type of thing, and that's the way I look at it. While we were all rooting for them, what also stood out to me about Chloe is like, she was, I think she was dating, um, was she dating James? I think she was dating James Harden at yes. the time yeah. of the situation. She dropped him like a hot potato and went and, and back Lamar after yeah. everything he did. And you know, then we do understand that maybe there had been there was some situation with him cheating on her. But like you see it on the show how they kept their issues very private. Like whatever she was struggling with, she'll be crying. But like we never really knew what was exactly going on. I think it was his drug him using drugs is also what probably, you know, added to them getting a divorce and her filing for that. But yeah. the fact that she went through whatever low point with him to the point where she couldn't she was like, I I, I can't be with him. I need to avoid him. To dropping everything when he's when he's on his deathbed, that's amazing because she didn't have to do that. She didn't have to do that. And also, another thing is that she always said, I don't want to make this all about Khloe Kardashian because it is about Lamar Odium. Odom. Yeah. But she always said that she still loved him no matter what. So for him to still have somebody around that cared for him that much and he possibly went ahead and ruined it again because this is the supposed tea that he she provided a place for him to stay, like a rental, you know, not too far from her home in Calabasas. Um, for him to like get through the whole rehab because she wanted him to still be around some love. She still wanted him to know that I'm here, my family's here, my family, friends, everybody's here for you. And you see that too. Whenever you see him on the show, he's in a situation where he's, you know, welcomed by not only just the Kardashians are the Jenners and their, you know, their family, he's welcomed by their outside friends too who are close by them. So that's, that's something big, you know? He yeah. has that family there. So she put him in a situation, arranged some things for him to be still close to home. But this is the supposed thing that she supposedly found a crack pipe in his home that he was renting, and and that's kind of what drove the drove the um, idea of them, you know, her her refiling for a divorce. So, for him to be, if that is true, what are you doing with your life? You're in. You have to thank God that you're still alive and yeah. breathing. It's a. Uh, you know what I. I- I always want to be like, you know, just get get on this guy and, and really hate on him for going through all of this and not and not really learning his lesson. But you also have to realize when you're an addict, you need a lot of supervision, a lot of help. It isn't something you could kick within a week or a, a couple of years. It takes a long time. Yeah. Because it's something he's dealt with his whole life. And she's known this. It isn't like this is brand new. No, I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I am blaming it on him because it's him. It's him. You're grown. You're a grown man. You're making your own actions. Yes, I'm sensitive to the situation that you know has brought him to where he is and the experiences he went through in his life. But my issue is, life does not. There's no such thing as second chances. There are, but like you shouldn't live your life like that. I don't care how much of an addict you are. There's. I see. I see mothers who are addicts doing crazy things to their son. I don't. I don't bear no sympathy because you're an addict. That's not the issue. The issue is that you've been put in a situation where you can get your life together. Where are you you're you're living in a home in Calabasas. Like I just visited Los Angeles and I seen how beautiful that area is. You're lucky you're not an addict who's in a halfway house or you know. Because you're trying to say you have options. You have you all have, these different things that you resources that you could be using. I, I completely agree exactly. with you on that. And if the, so, if that crack pipe situation is not true, so whatever. But then the fact is that you're excessively drinking and you're 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 obviously dealing with your emotions in a way by using using these drugs, using this alcohol. It's something deeper, but it also brings me to the situation that, I mean, it, it makes me realize that you have nobody around 
nobody obviously around because whoever's around you, if they're sitting, you're not you're not at the airport by yourself just drinking. I'm assuming you probably have like a a friend or somebody. You're not taking that you know plane by yourself. It makes me question who's around him. Yeah. Who's around Lamar Odom? Who, That's a very good point. Who are your friends? That's you know. So let me ask you something real quick. What is the last thing you're going to say to him? Like, if you had to talk to Lamar Odom right now, like, sit down, have a conversation, and really get off your chest how you feel, what is the advice you give to him right now? I would start off asking him, do you want to be on this earth? Truthfully, because you don't have to. If you don't want to, you don't have to. You're on, the, you're on their way to killing yourself, it seems like. So do it. What's holding you back? Wow. There's something that's holding you back. And whatever's holding you back is stronger than your feelings of, of not wanting to be here. So fight for it. You're grown. You've been through so much situations. You have a friend who died to do the drugs. He didn't have a second chance. He didn't, you know, get on life support and was able to pull through. He lost. He lost the battle. Don't make those steps towards there. You you want to fight. Go all out. When you were playing in the NBA, every every game you played, you every every championship final, you know, matchup you had, you played, you gave it all you could give. Why are you not giving it all you could give to your life? I don't under, that's what I don't understand. You know? So that's something I would tell him. Like, fight for this. You you the potential's there. Everything you have is there for you. Fight for it. Don't make the steps back, you know, move forward. That's that's what I would say to him. Definitely understand that. And um that's another episode of the gray area with Naomi Gray. Lamar Odom, get your life together. That Happy, is the we're message. We're rooting for you. We're rooting for you. We want to make sure Lamar Odom is here. You know, like let's 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 get this going, okay? Uh, I don't even know what else to say with him. But um, <laughs> what I will say is that you're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM.
And we're back, Sports Social Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Naomi's calmed down, you know, because she was going in for the last hour. She was first going in on, you know, Crystal Westbrook and, you know, making sure LeBar Odom get his life together. Was, you should do like, was it, Alana Fix My Life? You should uh, you should try your own because, man, you know. I was thinking about it. I was like, hmm, maybe I can really be up in there helping people change their lives. Well, we know who doesn't need help, and that's the, um, the women's gymnastics team. They were finally announced. And uh, like I said, Gabby Douglas made it. You know, it, it was huge for her to make it because if she didn't make it after getting all these endorsements, because she's she has her own um, Barbie doll. Did you know that? Yeah, I see. That's own, great. She has a Barbie doll. Yeah. She was on the I think the cover of Teen Vogue or something like yeah. that. Her and uh, Simone Biles. Uh, she's had the TV show. She's had a lot, you know, and a lot of pressures on her to f- try to follow up what she did four years ago. But right. we talked about the the uh, differences in terms of how she is now compared to back then. Yeah. Um, you have this team now set up. I got to ask you, real, because, you know, as a young African-American woman, when you see, like, Simone Biles, when you see Gabby Douglas, what is the automatic thought? Do you feel like this is just important or are we making too big a deal? The fact that these are two African-American women at the top of their game in this sport, which is generally not – favorable to african-american women it's so important like it's it's so important to me like even watching serena win Wil- wimbledon the other night i mean the other morning it was just you know just seeing this is so important because i think about my nieces i have a niece who's five and a niece who's three and i think about these are people they got to look up to and be as you know inspired like could i say i had that growing up really i mean i i looked up to serena williams you know right. but when i think about just all over like the the, the women's gymnastics team Barely, no. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, can't tell you if we had, I don't remember seeing it. So that yeah. means no. You know, I didn't see a lot of African American athletes, you know, just be, not just there, but be at the top. You know, right, you know right. I didn't have that growing up. And mind you, I was born in 93, so that wasn't too long ago. So the fact right. that I didn't have that growing up says something. You know, so I think, like I said, I think about my nieces and even just younger African American girls or even men just to see these. Women at their at the highest ranks, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's such a great thing. It's and I don't want to downplay any other athletes, you know, of any other culture, but even even the Hispanic, yes, girl, yes, seeing her there that made me proud. I was watching her floor routine, huge. and I was like, yes, like yes, let's go, like this is amazing. So when I found out she made it, I was so happy because mm-hmm. you know I, I like to think like in these situations sometimes Hispanics get forgotten about as well. So for yeah. me to see a Hispanic girl on the Gymnast team, something you the don't show, see. This, you got to show a little variety, and, I, and this is really an American team. We said this earlier because you yeah. have a little bit of everything. Ali, Ali Rasman, great, you know, right? Huge champion as well. Uh, just having the different races, having the different cultures, different personalities. Yeah, it's such a fun team that you yeah. know. Really, everybody's excited. They're trying to find a nickname for them. Yeah, so, um, they will find one. I'm looking forward to it. You know, so we're definitely gonna look forward to that. They're gonna be in Rio uh, next month. See if they can win the gold. Um, on our way out, I'm going to play the actual announcement of them being on the team, which was – it was funny because the, the decision was taking so long to, to come out. I think As they went past always. 11 o'clock at night, and they were just waiting and waiting waiting to see who's going to make the team. But uh, obviously we got our answer. So definitely, you know, something to look forward to. And uh, until next week, um, from Miss Naomi Gray, I'm Ed Easton. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton. Have a great, have a great day. Have a great weekend. How yes. about that? Enjoy the weekend, everyone. <laughs> Good evening. What an amazing night of gymnastics we've had here in San Jose. It's now my great pleasure to introduce to you the five ladies who will represent the United States of America in Rio de Janeiro. 
three-time world champion, Simone Biles. The reigning Olympic all-round champion, Gabrielle Douglas. Making her first Olympic team, Lori Hernandez. The reigning world champion on bars, Madison Koshin. And the second member of the Fierce Five, 2012 Olympic gold medalist, Allie Raisman. They will be joined by the three replacement athletes. Please welcome Michaela Skinner, Reagan Smith, and Ashton Locklear. 